0: Today is a very special day in the history of our church. I believe today and over the next couple weekends because we're going to have some people that are away this weekend, so we'll uh, keep reminding everybody we want everybody to be a part of this. It's called the Offering Fit for a King, and we believe that we're going to take up a record offering today and then the next couple of weekends to come. And I've got my offering with me today. I've got my offering envelope and my offerings in there, and Millie and I gave Thursday night at the Goldsboro campus, and we're going to give in both services today here at the Princeton campus. Um, I want to thank you for praying about this. I want to thank you for the sacrifice you're going to make today. I want to thank you for a lot of you have, uh, are giving an offering today that you don't really know how. It's all going to work out for you to have enough money at the end of the month because you're giving so sacrificially today. And I want to promise you God's going to take care of you and you're going to see his hand in your life as you've never seen it before. God loves it when we step out in faith and trust him and you're going to be stepping out in faith today. And, and I just want you to know as your pastor, I'm so proud of you and so proud of what I know God's going to do here today. Now let me say once again to our visitors and our guests, we don't expect you to give in this offering. Uh, um, If you go to another church and you've got an offering, unless God has specifically told you to give it here today, don't you do it. You take it back to your church and you give that offering in your church. And if you're here today again and you're in that investigative process, I don't want you to leave here saying, boy, I went to church and all they talked about was money. Because I'm telling you right now, we don't expect you to give one penny in this offering today. You just keep reaching out to God and, and asking him, God, are you there? Did you know God said that uh, if you will seek after me with all your heart, you'll find me. You'll find me. So we want you to do that. Don't let any obstacle get in the way of that. And I just wanted to tell you, we don't expect you who are, who are investigating uh, this whole church thing. We don't expect you to give a thing today. You just sit back and open your heart and let God speak to you. Well, how did you like Ernest Turner? Did you like him when he came out here? And uh, is that a great guy? Great missionary? I tell you, when he started talking, I just got convicted in my heart. And the thing I got convicted about most was the dude has got a crease in his blue jeans. I'm like, man, that is way sharp. So, man, Miss Millie's got to get on the stick and put some, wait a minute, what was that? Uh, get some crease going in my blue jeans, man. But I want to tell you something. I met, I met Ernest Turner, I, I guess the first time I ever met him, uh, we were at the original building over here. Uh, when, you, when you turn off of 70 to come in here. Uh, There's a little brick church out there. Some of you may not know this. That's where we started. I used to. uh, That's where I used to preach when I came here in 1990. That's where the original church was out there in that little brick church. And believe it or not, we grew to 300 people in that little brick church before we moved on to this property in the original worship center. And God kept blessing our church. And now here we are and enjoying this building that God's provided for us, but I met him over there, and man, when he got up to preach, it was just awesome, and it was powerful, and I said, dude, anytime you come to the bridge, at that time, Whitley Church, I said, you can preach, you can preach, and so I'm going to ask him, if he will, to come on back out here with me today. Let's give it up for (laughs) Mr. Let me say his name. Let me say his name like they say it in South Africa. Now, you know, the Johnston County way is Ernest Turner, okay? But the South African way is Ernest Turner. There you go. Yes, you go. yes. And he, was, he and I were talking a little bit yesterday, and he was sharing with me some things that were going on on the mission fields, talking to him about what we were going to do here today and how this is an, a historical moment for our church and a very, very special day. And he is going to just share with you out of his heart a little bit uh, before I give you the last part of the message. Th- thank you, Pastor.
1: Thank you very much. I, I do want to confess. Oh, time out. Pa- can I get some
0: pasta from you people? Pasta. Oh, that, that,
1: that's pasta. That's pasta. Pasta. pasta.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about pasta no, like with cheese pasta, and sauce.
1: Pasta and pasta.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, good. Good.
1: <laughs> Got to distinguish. This is only the second time I've ever wore jeans on to church on Sunday morning. So, you know, give me a break here with the crease and all, you know. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, What a joy, what a joy to be with you today. Uh, I was thinking what I could share with you uh, with regards to, you know, what the Lord is doing in Africa and uh, the story that came came to my mind was a seminar that we did in Kinshasa in uh, the capital city of the Democratic Republic of the Congo a few years ago went in, and they'd asked us to speak about breaking the bonds of poverty. You know, that's a big thing on the agenda of most governments in Africa is to eradicate poverty. Well, there's only one way to do that. There's only one way to get rid of poverty, and that is by planting a seed. There's no harvest that has ever come where it hasn't begun with A seed being planted. Now that seed may fail and you may not get a harvest, but it's not because you didn't plant the seed. And so we went in and we taught for three days and uh, shared, shared the word, and bottom line is that uh, you plant a seed. And so at the end of the three days, the man that was in charge, I sat down, I was whoop been teaching three days, and I sat down, he came up, he said, we're going to put into practice what the brother has been teaching us, let's take an offering. And these big old tubs, big deep tubs, went through the congregation about 950 pastors and church leaders. And uh, very quickly, I, I looked out over the congregation as they were given the offering. I saw people, men take their neckties off. I saw uh, ballpoint pens go into the offering, all kinds of things that they wanted to give because they didn't have anything else to give. I saw one young lady about 17, 18 years old. I saw her reach up and take her spectacles off of her face And I saw her put them in that offering, and the Spirit of God said to me, what she's saying is that she is giving that as a seed because somebody somewhere can use those and needs them more than she does. She put that into the offering. They brought the bowls, and they were all up on the stage in front of me. A a man came up kind of sheepishly, and 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 while he was coming up, I was looking at the the offering and there was a bag, a a cloth, a a, a material bag that was in the offering bowl and, and it began to move. And this it's funny how the devil comes to church as well and plays tricks with our minds. I saw the bag move and I started to think, oops, snake handlers, surely it can't be. And, And curiosity eventually got the better of me and I jumped out of my seat and I was watching this man out the corner of my eye and I ripped that bag open expecting to see some rattlers in there but there were two little bunny rabbits. Somebody had brought probably his lunch or his family supper, I don't know, but, but he'd put that in to the offering to break the bonds of poverty in his family and in his life. This man that was sheepishly standing at the front the, the fella that was leading the service was an apostle. He was a little bit uh, pushy, and he said to him, he said, "'Do you want to give something, sir?' He said, "'I do, but I don't know if it would be accepted.'" can I give my shoes? The man said, do it Do it quickly. We, we want to pray over this offering. And I saw that man in his sharp-looking suit, well-dressed. I saw him reach up and slip those shoes off of his feet and put them in the offering. I saw him take his socks off and put them in his pocket and walk back. And what he was saying in his heart was, I want God to break the spirit of poverty in my family's life, in my church's life, in my loved one's life. He was given out of obedience to the Lord. Now, there's one more story that I want to share with you very quickly. Uh, They say that after the Second World War, uh, London was an absolute mess. Bombs had fallen, buildings were crumbled, rubble everywhere in the street. But they say that one of the worst things to see were the little orphans, the little children that had lost their families, that had lost their moms and dads during that bombing, that were wandering around the streets crying, not knowing which way to go, not knowing what to do. And the the story says that this one young child made his way to the bakery, there was a strong smell, a strong aroma coming from the bakery, and he'd pushed his nose up against the glass window, and he was looking at the donuts, and the pies, and the fresh bread, and the smell was so strong, and so strong to where he'd already started salivating. An American soldier pulled up with his jeep outside the shop and saw the little boy and on his way in he said to the kid he said would you like some of those of course the child got a smile on his face and yes I'd love some he went in he ordered a dozen donuts the baker put the donuts in the brown bag and the soldier turned around came out with the bag and handed them to the little boy and as he was about to get into his jeep as he lifted his his foot to get into the jeep, he felt a little tug on the back of his coattail. When he turned around, there was that little boy. He said, Mister, are you God? Are you God? They say that we're never more godlike. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for her and for me and for you. And so when we give, when we give our gift fit for a king today, we're not just given, but we're given to the king of kings that gave his all, gave everything for you and I. We're never so much like God than when we give. And so I just want you to be encouraged today. Be obedient. Give what he lays on your heart today. Last night when I went for supper, I calculated a tip for the waiter. We don't tip God. We give out of a heart that is full, out of a heart that is abundant, out of a heart that is full of gratitude. Let's give what he lays on our hearts to give today. And and I guarantee you, he will bless your socks off. He'll open those windows of heaven and return. One thing that I've told the folk in Africa, and I know I'm going over here just a minute. I've told the folk in Africa, as missionaries, sometimes we've cheated you. Because God says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the missionary comes in and he sees the needs and he gives and he gives and he gives. But he doesn't always teach them how to give. That's why I'm big on this breaking the bonds of poverty teaching. We don't always teach them, and then we come home and we retire, and we leave them in their ignorance. We've done them wrong. We've got to get the word into them so that they can give out of a heart that's hilarious and cheerful, and let the Spirit of God move and work in their lives and bless them back again. We love you folks, and we just want you to be obedient to the Spirit of God today. Pastor Farrell. God bless you. And thank, thank you, you my friend. Thank, thank you, you my
0: friend. I love you. God bless you, Ernest. love you, brother. Hallelujah. Good word right there. Amen. I might rewrite my check here. Give me a pen, somebody. Thank you, sir, for that good word. I think it was in the providence of God that he would be here today. And uh, when he was sharing with me some things, when he didn't even really know what we were doing today, I just thought I need him to say some words to our congregation, not just in the time with Pastor Andy, but as part of the message. Here's what I want to say to you right before we take our offering today, and when we take our offering, the band's going to come back out, and you can see that we've got a section, a basket for each section, and what I would suggest, I'm going to go ahead and give you some instructions right now so you'll kind of know what to do, if we could all exit out that side of our section and come back up on the other side of our section, I think that'll keep everybody from running into each other and, and uh, uh, it'll keep it uh, uniform and organized. So if you'll exit out of this side, come around and go back up on the other side and go back to your seat. But let's worship while we do this. As you place that in the offering, and, and it doesn't matter what the amount is, because we're not asking for equal giving today, uh, because everybody can't give the same thing. Some of you, the check I've written, you can't afford to give it. And some of you can afford to give more than the check. It, it's not the amount. It's the, it's the sacrifice. If everybody will sacrifice equally, uh, God's going to do some miraculous, marvelous things. I do believe that God will touch this offering today the way he touched the bread and the fish that the little boy gave and I believe God can multiply it. don't you believe that? Don't you believe God can just touch something and multiply it and amen amen and I know he's going to do it with this offering because I know what your heart is your heart is we want to we want to touch people we want to win this community to Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to share with you today very quickly. I want to share with you I just wrote this up this week and uh, just prayed about it and God kept giving me a few things and And, or I felt like it was coming from him, and uh, I just want to give you a little covenant uh, that I'm making, and that our staff is making to you. You know, we often ask you to make covenants. We ask you to have an owner, make an ownership covenant when you become an owner, which that's what we call our members here, because uh, members have rights, owners have responsibilities, so we we call them owners, Um, excuse me. So, um, we're always asking, you know, we we need your time. We need you to give us your time. And then we say to you uh, that all of you have a gift. And so we ask you, please give us your talent, your time and your talent. And then today, as we do every Sunday, we ask you to give your treasure. And so we ask of you all the time. And boy, you guys step up, man. You step up. And uh, let, let me just tell you, this is the most generous church I've ever served as pastor. I've been the pastor of several churches through the years, but this is absolutely, without question, the most generous, giving church I have ever served as pastor. Coming up in June, I'm going to have been here 25 years, and for somebody to stay at a church 25 years and for a church to let somebody stay 25 years, that's a special relationship, isn't it? And one of the reasons I've wanted to stay here and not go anywhere else is because you have a heart like no other church I've ever served. And I love you for that. I love you for that. So here's our covenant to you. As a staff and especially as a senior pastor, a lead pastor here, let me just tell you what I'm going to covenant to you. I'm going to covenant to you and with you that this is always going to be a Christ-centered Jesus-centered church. It's all about Jesus in this church. I said it in my opening remarks and I want to reiterate it again. All we want to do is get as many people to Jesus as fast as we can because he's coming. He's coming. And so, our job is to get people to Jesus. Now, in the process of doing that, I've been amazed at how many religious people we tick off along the way, how many religious people we offend along the way. But I got to tell you something God didn't call me to keep the found happy, God called me to go get the lost. And Jesus said, I will leave the 99 that are found and go after the one who has gone astray. And a lot of people don't understand why we do some of the things we do here at the bridge and why we have skits and why we have things that some might label as entertainment. And here's why. Because Jesus said that we are fishers of men and the last time I looked in a good fisherman's tackle box, he had a lot of different ways of attracting a fish to get him on that hook. Amen? And so we use a lot of things. We'll use anything. Let me just be real blunt right here. We'll do anything short of sin to reach a person for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir, buddy. We're in the, we're in the business of getting people to Jesus. And I've got to tell you something, I don't think we've ever made an unbeliever upset about that, but we sure have made a bunch of believers upset about that. But we're in the the business of getting people to Jesus. We believe that the culture of this church ought to be one that views Jesus as the only Christ, the only Messiah, the only God-man, the only way of salvation, He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of our soul. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is to be the master of our life, and we want to get you to Jesus. The second thing I want to covenant with you is that we're going to always preach out of the Bible. The Word of God is always going to be the foundation of this church. Um, If we ever teach anything that's not biblical, it won't be because we meant to. It'll be because we were ignorant. The Bible is truth. We believe the Bible from the first word of Genesis to the last word of Revelation. We even believe on the outside where it says genuine leather. We believe, hey, y'all with me? We, we believe that last book in the Bible, the book of concordance. We believe all of the Bible. And the people of the bridge said, so we're going to preach out of the Bible, everything out of the Bible. We're not going to twist the Bible to make it say what we want it to say. And, uh, you know, I think it's important not only that, churches, that that people know what a church believes is wrong, but I want, ch- I want people to know what we're for. I know a lot of churches that are real clear about what they're against, but I want you to know here at the bridge we're for some things. And if you'll preach out of the Bible, you're going to be preaching a lot more about what you're for than you are about what you're against. The next thing I want to covenant with you is that we're going to be outwardly focused. We're not going to be inwardly focused. A church is not a club for Christians. A church is not a hotel for Christians. A church is a hospital for broken people. And those doors right out there, amen, right out there at the front, amen. Those are emergency room doors. I will guarantee you that every single Sunday, every time we have a church, somebody wounded is walking through our doors. And we are here to minister to broken people. You know why? Because I'm broken. And you're broken. And we're all broken people. And the reason you need to be in church, people tell me, have you got to go to church to be a Christian? I said, no. No. And you don't have to go to the grocery store to get you food either. You can load up your shotgun every morning, go squirrel hunting. You know, you can go try to, you know, get some uh, kind of vegetation off the ditch banks. And yeah, man, I grow your own garden. Yes, yeah, sir. You don't have to go to the grocery store to get your food, but it is a lot easier, isn't it? And that's how church is. You, I wouldn't say God never said you got to come to a local church to be a Christian. But I believe it just makes walking it so much easier. When I know I'm going to see you, I know I'm going to get here and see you and touch you, and you're going to touch me, and we're going to bless each other because we're all broken, we're all hurting, we all have our ups and downs. seems like when I'm down, you're up, and when you're up, uh, and when you're down, I'm up, and we just help each other, and we're going to be an outward church. And Pastor Jimmy gets us outward, doesn't he? He's got us going out. I mean, we're feeding the hungry and going to the soup kitchen and reaching out to the people at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, and what a great thing it is to have that Air Force Base in our community. And uh, Pastor Jimmy has uh, got us in the prisons, and uh, I just want to tell you, uh, I don't know how many of you have uh, uh, met Pastor Joey Lancaster. Joey Lancaster is our they've got him some fancy name. He's director of uh, uh, building facilities and church and the grounds but he's a preacher. Joey's a preacher above all things and Joey has become our preacher in the prisons and I asked him the other day I said Joey how's it going? He said well pastor right now we're having about 30 a week come to Jesus in the prisons. 30 a week. Isn't that awesome? So it's not It's not focused inward. Now, when you're going through something, we're going to minister to you. When I'm going through through something, you're going to minister to me. Hey, you guys know 2014 for me and my family's been a rough, rough year. I lost my son in March, and it's been a hard year. But you rallied around me and loved on me and loved on Miss Millie and loved on Brandon. And I got Brandon married a couple of weeks ago. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, she tried to back out, but I wouldn't let her. I told her I knew some stuff. And so, but, but uh, y'all have been so good to us. And we're going to take care of each other, but our primary, our primary focus is not inward. Our primary focus is outward, because here's what I found about God. It's just like giving financially. If you want to be took care of, take care of those who are less. Take care of those who are hurting. Take care of those who are lost. Love on the community around you, and God will pour into your church. You know what I found? If you give it away, God will pour it in faster than you can give it away. I believe that. So we're going to be outward focused. We're going to be an innovative church, and I've already talked about that a little bit, but that just means that we're going to be a culture that promotes creativity and, and people who have creative gifts. Don't we have some creative people in our church? And uh, if you don't know who the creative people are, they're those that are just a little weird. They're just a little bit weird, but they're awesome, awesome people. So we're going to be innovative. And yeah, you're going to hear people say, I ain't never seen that in church before. You're going to hear that a lot here at the bridge. I won't ever forget one Sunday there was a man sitting in our audience, and he just uh, was going to give God one more chance and that, that Sunday, we started with a secular song. And sometimes we do a, a secular song. And I love how people go, I just don't think that's right to do a secular song in church. And they sound so holy. And then they go out there and get in their car and turn it on. And when they do, uh, Kenny Chesney is just singing his old heart out on their radio channel where they've got it. Amen. Y'all say, who's that? Oh, he's just somebody, country dude. And, uh. You know, and so let's not be hypocrites. There's nothing wrong with some secular music that's got a good message. And uh, I don't know of a better gospel band than um, those guys that sing Sweet Home Alabama. What's their name? <laughs> Who are they? Leonard Skinner. You know, brother, His brother Leonard Skinner, didn't it? Anyway, Leonard Skinner singing, sweet, and we opened up with Sweet Home Alabama that Sunday. You all know the song? And so that guy said, man, he knew right then, baby, this is a church for me right here. <laughs> Amen. So, so we're going to be innovative, and we're going to do things, you know, and I tell people all the time, we're not the church for everybody. We're not the church for everybody, and you say, man, I don't want to go to a church like this. I want to go to a church that's got a bunch of rules and regulations and and they've just kind of took the bible and, and magnified it times ten and made it say a bunch of things that don't say, and we just kind of stay in a legalistic box well i there's a bunch of those churches uh, they ain't but two or three of us weird churches out here and and we're one of them man and and, and so we just uh we just are going to be innovative and creative, just like we were with the video today. Um, you're just going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. We're going to be courageous, and uh, here's what I mean by that: We're going to promote a culture here in this church that is that welcomes change. Um, a few of you have been here since June 15th of 1990, and that was my first Sunday. June 15th, 1990, 33 inches in the waist, full head of hair, looking good. So some of y'all have been here that long, and you know we've been through changes. We've been through changes, and big changes. Um, You know, we used to have Sunday school, and we saw Sunday school wasn't working, and we don't have Sunday school anymore. We moved it to Wednesday night, and... We did that because we went from 60 in Sunday school to 400 and something on Wednesday night. I think that's a good idea, don't you? See, Sunday school's a method. Now, if Sunday school's working in a church, I'm all for it. But when methods don't work, don't rock the boat. Sink it. (laughs) We're never going to change the message, but I'm telling you right now, we're going to be a church that changes the method. We've got stuff on the table right now. We're discussing changing that's probably going to be hard for some of you because here's what we do. We get, we, we get so used to a method that we raise it to the level of being like the message, infallible, inerrant methods. But we, we're going to change methods around here. Uh, you ever heard of sacred cows in the church? They make good hamburgers. I'm telling you, those sacred cows make some good hamburger and so we will grind them up and we'll start all over and do it different, but we're going to promote change in this church and uh, when I say courage, I mean we're going to exercise a willingness to be criticized and even abandoned by people who think we're unorthodox or irreligious. Um, The next thing I promise you and make a covenant with you about is compassion. We're going to be a church that loves and accepts whoever walks in the door. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they look like, smell like, act like. uh, We're going to love them. Now, we welcome DLRs, but we're going to keep an eye on you. Now, y'all know what a DLR is. Don't look right. (laughs) I won't ever forget the first time I ever heard that. I was in the back of the room over there in the original worship center, and I heard a guy, one of our... Uh, uh, emergency response guys has a little deal in his hand. You know, they're like secret service men. And they were like, there's a DLR over here in section three. And I said, I just moved over there beside him. I said, what's a DLR? He said, you see that guy right there? I said, yeah. He said, he don't look right. (laughs) Now he's on our church board. And we're so glad that (laughs) How many of you know God will send you a DLR once in a while just to see how you treat him? And notice, ladies, I put all the DLRs in the masculine category, okay? Uh, so we're going to love everybody, man, when they walk in the door. Now, they make it, they, when you first meet them, you may go, oh, but we're going to love them right after we get scared. We're going to love them. Amen? Y'all with me on that? Amen? How many of you know people who don't know Jesus, people who haven't accepted Jesus yet, what are we gonna do, look at them and go, you don't act like a Christian? Duh! I know some Christians who don't act like Christians. We're gonna love you when you walk in the door. Next thing is generosity, a culture that says neither this church nor its resources, nor its resources belong to us. Have you ever gone to a church and they act like the building belonged to them? They act like the land belonged to them. They act like the money in the bank account belonged to them. Let me tell you something. It don't belong to us. It don't belong to you. Now, I believe Jesus is coming soon. I believe he's coming soon to the point that I believe most of us are going to be here when he comes. However, I don't know that. I don't know that. Here's my point. You, you say a church is yours, it's mine. You, you're going to leave this world just like you came in, naked with nothing. This church doesn't belong to us. We hold everything. This building, our grounds, the money in the bank, we hold every bit of it with our hands open. We don't hold it like that. We hold it like that. God's put it in our hand, but we have made it right back available to God. God, you use it. I know churches that have got $500,000, a million dollars in CDs saved up. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I would hate to stand before God as a pastor of a church that had that kind of money in savings accounts when there's so much need to get the gospel out to the world. Amen? Amen. So I'm telling you, we're going to give it away. We're going to give it away. When I stand before God, I want to to have spent it all. I want to have spent all the money, and I want to have spent all my energy for his glory and for his kingdom. Now listen. (laughs) Don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. We have a brilliant financial team. And uh, they keep money on reserve, and we have emergency fund, and Pastor Jim is, is good at that. Pastor Jim Gilligan is so good at that and looking after that make sure all that happens. And Ricky Lancaster and Miss Gail Witcher and all the people that are on our financial team, they do a great job of of being good stewards of of our finances. But I'm telling you, there is not a mindset among the leadership of this church that we're going to hoard a bunch of money. We're going to give it away. When it comes in, it's going to flow out. How in the world could I stand up here and preach to you that it works in your individual life and not do it, not practice it in this church? Amen? And and there's a freshness that, that comes with that as it flows through you, you always have the freshness of God upon your life. Another thing I'm going to covenant with you, and I'm going to give you these real quick, is transparency. Um, I'm the mayor of Realville. When something's, when something's bugging me and, and I've got a conviction in my life and I'm struggling in an area, I'm going I'm to tell you because I need you to pray for me. When I'm preaching on something, And I'm still working on that thing and it's a struggle for me, I'm going to tell you. I tell you all the time, I don't have this mastered. We're going to be transparent. You're going to know about me. You're going to know about my family. You're going to know about my children. I want you to know because here's what I believe about you. I believe you're praying for me. I believe you're lifting me up. And I think, if I can just say this, I think pastors who don't, who are not transparent with their congregations, I think their congregations are sitting out there going, I know you're not as perfect as you want to come across. I already know it. And then when that pastor doesn't come across and go, this is a struggle and I'm burdened here and I've got a heaviness on my heart and, and I'm having a little struggle with the, I, I think I think the people, they don't know how to pray for him. They they just don't see him as being real. I'm telling you, man. Um, I might even make you uncomfortable with how transparent I get, but I need you to know what's going on in my life, and I need you to know what's going on in my family because I am counting on you to lift me up in prayer. So you're going to get transparency from me, and you're going to get transparency from our staff and the leadership of our church. We're going to be a family-focused church. And I don't want you single adults out there to freak out about that because last time I checked, every single I know is a part of some family. Amen. We all came from families. But we're going to be a church that's kid-focused and family-focused, and we want to help you with your marriage because here's what we believe. We believe if your home is in order, our church will be in order. We believe if your home is intimate with God, our church will be intimate with God. We believe if men will lead their homes powerfully into the Word of God and toward God and intimacy with God, then when we gather together as a church, we're going to have some hallelujah times because they've already been worshiping God in their home. So we're going to be family focused. We're going to spend a bunch of money on kids. We're going to spend a bunch of money on children in this church. When you give your money, you can cool believe some of it's going to kids. Because we're all about creating environments and getting material and training leaders so that your kids go home from church going, man, I can't wait till next Sunday. I can't wait till next Sunday. Let me tell you, I, I don't even know the number of parents I couldn't, even name, I couldn't even estimate because there have been so many parents who for 25 years as pastor of this church started off by driving through our parking lot and dropping their kids off. And here's the way we view kids ministry in this church. We're going to win that kid to Jesus with the belief that he's going to go home and win his mom and daddy to Jesus. And I'm telling you, it has worked so many times. I mean, we are tricky around here. We are tricky. We will give your kid an award and tell you to come see him get that award, and we will punch you in the face with Jesus (laughs) while you're here watching your kid get that award because it isn't about that award. And as precious as your little one is, it isn't about him or her. It's all about getting you to Jesus because he will change your life and the And the sadness and emptiness and darkness that you feel will go away when you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to get you to him. And we, yeah, will we use your children to get you to Jesus? You better believe it. (laughs) Absolutely. And we're small group focused. And the reason we're small group focused is because you, how many of y'all remember the days when we used to say, has anybody got a prayer request? And then this one we get up and this one we get up. And we can't do that anymore. We can't do that anymore. As a matter of fact, the altar services we used to have in our churches, we're not even able to do that anymore with numbers like this. I will tell you that there are some plans coming up here before too long uh, that we're going to provide you with a lot more opportunities to be ministered to in prayer around the altar. But I want to tell you that where you're going to get your ministry is in your small group. And if you're not in a small group, I want you to email Pastor Andy every day and email Kevin Caps and say, guys, just want you to get me out here. I'm ready to get in a small group. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, God, could I be a leader? Could I be a leader of a small group? And then I want you to say, you know, I might not be able to lead her, but I be a leader, but I got a big old den in my house, and I got a lot of comfortable chairs, so maybe I could host a, a meeting in my house. And maybe Pastor Andy can find a leader over here, and I can be a host home, and we could bring together 12 people, and we can learn to love each other and pray for each other and walk with each other through the dark times and rejoice during the times of celebration. You need to be in a small group. I'm telling you, you need to be in a small group. Don't do life alone. That's why the Christian life can be so hard. is because we keep trying to do it by ourselves. Well, I've got my offering ready. And I want you to watch your senior pastor as I walk up and plant my seed right here today in this offering basket. And I'm just asking you to do um, what I've done and what our other leadership is going to do. And we're going to pray at this time. So let's all stand to our feet. And we're going to pray. Father. To your name be glory and praise and honor forever and ever. We come to worship you, Lord, and giving uh, is always worship at the bridge. But today is a special day because there are some people today, Lord, who are going to step out in faith in their giving like they never have before. And so we just we just pray for those people who are going to. We're saying, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but this is the amount me and my wife thought we ought to give. And I'm a little scared, I'm a little nervous about the future. Not real sure, you know, if this is going to work out or not. I don't see how the math is going to work out, but, but I'm going to give today. I'm going to give what God's put on my heart. Father, we just thank you for people like that. Lord, I want to thank you for my regular tithers. I want to thank you for my regular tithers. I don't look at what people give. I don't know what people in our church give. But I just want to thank you, Lord, for the ones who faithfully, no matter whether they're in the mood or not in the mood, no matter what, they just are faithful. They just say, this is, this is my part to God. and They give. I thank you for those who give anything. But God, we just pray today would be a special day. A special day of generosity at the bridge. Your will be done. Final prayer, Lord, multiply this. Place your hands on it and bless it. That's what the Bible says you did with that little boy's bread and fish. It says he offered it and you took it. And you blessed it. And when it was all over, instead of one little bag lunch, he had 12 baskets left over. Father, we pray you bless this offering. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? One more time. What we're going to do is everybody's going to exit that way out of your section. You're going to give in the basket in front of your section. And then you're going to go up the opposite aisle on the other side. All right? Now, these gentlemen are here uh, to make sure that you give enough today. Okay? That's why they're here. No. They're here today, they're gonna to be gathering up the offering here in just a minute. Now let me, let me just say, if you're not here, let's say you're here today and you don't have a job, you don't have an income, and you're gonna go back home on vapor fumes because you just don't have, then don't you give. Unless God has told you and you've got something and He, God said you give out of your increase. So I don't want you to feel pressure. Now if you want to walk up here and be a part of this today but, but you and you don't just kind of s- stick out like a sore thumb then just reach over there and get you an offering envelope and walk right up here proud. Amen. Just drop it right in there. I don't know what your financial situation is. You, you know what? You might be in a financial situation today. You need to get money out of the basket instead of put money in the basket. But if you can give anything Anything. I just want, this is going to be a miracle thing today. And I want you to be able to say, even if it's a dollar or two dollars, I want you to be able to say, I gave in that offering. I gave in that miracle offering. God bless you as you give today. Thank you.
2: of God has been on Jesus lay silent as he stood accused beaten marked and scorn bowing to the fire he took a crown of thorns. Who oh, then rugged across my salvation? Where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out. and honor unto thee. Sent of heaven, God's own son to purchase and redeem and reconcile and reconcile the very Who that rugged cross, my salvation? Where Your love poured out over me. Now my soul, now my soul cries out, Hallelujah, praise and. For well, now my debt is paid, it is paid in full By the precious blood that my Jesus spilled Now the curse of sin has no hold on me Whom the sun sets free, oh is free indeed Cross by salvation. Will your love pour out over me now, my soul, now my soul cries out. Hallelujah! Praise and honor unto thee. Let's sing this verse together, church the stone is rolled away behold the empty tune. Come on, shout hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. God be praised. He's risen from the grave. Oh, that rugged cross my salvation. Will Your love pour out over me? Now my soul, now my soul cries out, Hallelujah! Praise and honor unto Thee! Praise and honor, praise and honor unto Thee!